How do we feel this morning? Was that fun or what? Isn't that crazy, hey? It's just so fun. I just, we have such a sweet spirit here this morning. And, um, and I, I just think God's going to do something. I, I, I just think that that's kind of what happens. Thank you, Tim and Jeremy, for uh, taking us to a really sweet place. And just, um, it's just so good. You know, before we, um, before we actually let the kids out and stuff like that, I just thought, did anybody have anything during worship that they thought might be cool just to kind of share, whether it was a picture, whether it was a word or something that, um, that would just be good for the church to kind of hear? I'm going to do my little countdown. Did you have something, Shree? Cool. Come on up here. I just saw a picture of um, some strings being braided up like this, and I felt the words from the roots up, and I felt like as we are worshiping God for just who he is and getting in that connection with him, he looks at what's always been going on in our lives, the things that maybe haven't gone perfect and the mindsets that we've taken on, the different things that hold us back in life. And he deals with them down here at a root level. And then he had braided this into this beautiful cord that was not able to be broken um, because he was braided into it. So from the roots up, he fixes up whatever it is that's happening in our lives. Come on. That's so good. I'm going to do one more. Is there anybody else? Sometimes, come on up here, mate. It's just good to hear stuff that's actually going on in our midst. Sometimes God's doing so much, but because we don't hear, we can't be encouraged by it. So, here you go, mate. I remember the time I went up to uh, Natural Arch, and I was ahead of everybody else, and there's a tree and it was basically a strangler fig, strangling fig, you know, they take over. Anyway, the basic tree, the original tree was there, but the strangler had come around and towards the top, it took, it went right around the whole tree and it had killed that and it had its own branches and its leaves. And I said, Lord, look at that. Look how that's taken over that. And he said, Graham, that's how I want to be in you. Wow, come on. That is so good. Thank you very much for that. Um, so the kids are going to have a lovely time with my wife, Cherie. So the kids can head on off upstairs, and you guys will have your own little glory time. And, um, and I want to encourage us in, in the Word this morning. Uh, ben and Jess, they are in Adelaide this week, and so they're living it up there. Ben and Jess, we love you. If you can hear this, um, I'll give that to you. Thanks, Kristen. Um, yeah, it's just just good. I actually really love Ben and, and Jess's heart for this church, and I actually had you know the privilege of sitting down with Ben about a week ago, just talking about what he wants to see happen in the church, and um, and it's just really cool. Like, there is something... Uh, deep and solidifying that God is doing in our midst. And I think there's just a strengthening that God is actually doing in each and every one of our hearts. You know, that there's this desire that we'd become, 
great disciples of Jesus, right? And we'd know how to follow him. We'd know how to walk in his ways. We would know how to do the works of Jesus and, um, and stay in peace throughout our day and stuff, right? And, um, and I, like, it was just really neat how we were able to kind of, you know, look across the church. Thank you very much. We're able to actually look across the church and just kind of go, wow, God, you are, like, you're actually doing this stuff, you know? And it, um, as I was sharing earlier as well, too, my, my week, you know, or this, this particular season, I, I don't know, it's, it's one of those ones that you kind of, you pray for and then you hope that you walk in them at, at some point, you know, because we don't want to give up in prayer and stuff, but sometimes it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to stay encouraged when you've been praying for months and months and months and you haven't seen the kind of breakthrough that maybe you wanted to see. And, um, and I'm in this place right now where when people ask me, so how's things going? I, like, and it's not just by faith. I, I think by faith we can say as well too, it's, it's actually on its way up, you know, like we're, we're moving into some good place because um, the Bible talks about getting our hopes sky high, right? We, we believe and we trust that God has taken us from glory to glory and um, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. But I, I'm, I'm walking in this place right now where I'm like, it's not that there's nothing in my days at all that are maybe not going exactly to plan, but I'm just so encouraged by where I'm at right now the things that I've been praying for for months and months, I feel like are actually manifesting right now. And there's, um, yeah, it's, it's just encouraging that, wow, I've been praying and this stuff is actually happening. It's, it, it's real. Like it's not just some thing that we say as Christians, you know, pray and at some point God will do something. Oh, that's what going to feel sometimes, right? So we say, just, just keep praying, just keep praying. And, and, um, and we can take that as cliche or we can just go, you know what, I'm just going to believe that and not give up in prayer, and have God take me into seasons, teach me things, but it is going to come to pass. These things are going to begin to happen as God speaks to us and encourages our hearts and stuff. Um, I want to um, actually take us into Luke 24. Um, throughout the week, I was just praying and asking God, what is something that we could be encouraged by this morning? And, um, and Luke 24 came to mind. And it's, um, it's actually the story of um, two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. And it's, it's a really um, powerful piece of scripture that I feel like God wants to encourage us in this morning. Um, and kind of the, the backdrop before we start, so it's Luke 24, um, we're going to start at verse 13, but prior to that, um, we see that Jesus he was actually crucified. He was put in the grave. And, um, and the story right before this is that, you know, the, the women went down to the grave and they, and they seen that Jesus wasn't there. And, um, and they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Paraphrase. And the angels of the Lord spoke to them and said, hey, look, like, man, of course he's not here. Remember, he spoke that on the third day he would rise, right? And these women ran back to the disciples and, um, and said, hey, Jesus is alive. He's, he's not there. And it actually says that there was disciples that didn't believe. They were like, oh my gosh, th there's just no way. There's just no way. And, um, and I, I find myself often, you know, in those, you know, places where like, no way. There's a, like, how? How is that possible? You know, like it's possible because we know the scriptures that say all things are possible for God, right? Nothing is impossible. 
Um, but we find ourselves in moments where, you know, is it really possible? Like, is it possible? And so I don't condemn these two, uh, you know, uh, disciples that were on this road, um, you know, wondering, you know, kind of, you know, hopeless in some ways, going, I thought Jesus was going to, but he didn't. And because that's often, you know, been my journey of like, you know, wondering how God is going to lead me and my family, the ministry of YWAM, and how are we going to do this? I have no answers. And, um, and sometimes it's easy to get hopeless, you know, about our circumstances and situations. But some of the cool stuff here is, um, is that Jesus is alive. So that's actually really cool that, that we can take great encouragement in, that Jesus is actually alive. And if you don't give up, if you actually don't give up, but you continue, you, you persevere, you have patience. Um, James 1 says that you'll be perfect, complete, lacking nothing, right? And so we have to persevere in these things. And we need to reach out to one another um, in our times of need as well, too, in the, in the space where um, we don't really know how to do it. It's easy to just not reach out. It's easy just to, you know, oh, she'll be all right, mate, you know. And I, we'll just we'll just continue. We'll just continue, and at at some point something better will happen. I hope, um, but there's a place of reaching out as well too, and invitation um, that that needs to happen. And um, and so as I was um, reading Luke 24:13 to 35, I felt like God just really wanted to encourage us, not in our immaturity, but in our maturity, and that nobody is exempt from this, even as we mature. As, as we gain knowledge and understanding of Jesus, none of us are exempt from seasons of this. Every one of us, whether you've been a Christian your whole life, two years, three years, three months, it doesn't matter. None of us are exempt from seasons of the Emmaus Road. We're wondering and we're freaking out and just going, okay, I thought it was going to be, but this is what it is. And so now I'm discouraged. I'm Maybe a little hopeless, like none of us are exempt from it. But we're going to read this story and we're going to find hopefully a lot of encouragement in how God comes into the midst of that. So I'm going to read from verse um, 13. And I'm reading from the New King Jimmy here. So verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Sorry. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of those, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. 
And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, and him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, O slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. When they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered, uh, gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road uh, and how he, how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now I just want to actually pull this apart a little bit so that we can kind of see the journey because this, this is a journey in every one of our lives the road to Emmaus, where things happened that we didn't want to happen, or things happened in such a way that maybe we had faith for to believe for, sorry, that we had faith for to look differently. Because sometimes, I mean, if you're anything like me at all, you know, there's, there's a way in which uh, seems right to me, right? <laughs> like, I, I would love for it to work out in such a manner that it makes sense to me. Um, I would love for it to work out in, in such a way where I understand what God is doing, where I, where I get clarity so I know how to step out in faith. And, um, and sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes it happens completely different, and then it's hard to acknowledge how God is even moving um, because we, we get stuck in the disappointment of how God is not moving as opposed to what is he doing underground or what is God doing right now to bring me answers, but it looks different to the way that maybe I assumed it would be, right? So in verse 16, it says that eyes were miraculously prevented from seeing Jesus. This is an interesting kind of thought, right? Because as we, as we cruise through life, you know, the idea of Jesus opening our eyes um, seems a little bit more healthy as opposed to closing our eyes. And here it actually states that miraculously, their eyes were prevented from seeing Jesus. And so there needs to be a purpose for this, right? Like, it's not just some aimless thing. There's a prevention of these two disciples seeing Jesus and understanding who he is as he's walking with them, right? And I don't know if you've ever had this before. I know I have um, many times. In hindsight, we, we look back and we see where God's always been. We see the clarity and the understanding of God. And it makes sense as we look back, as we blow through fires, right? As we go through hardships, we look back and we can see that's what God was doing. Sometimes it's hard to see it in the midst, but as we look back, we can be encouraged that God is always there, right? Hopefully we should be encouraging ourselves in that way. But I just want to maybe present something to us that maybe some circumstances are set up by God for us to lean into him and not our own understanding. Have you ever felt lonely in the midst of a room full of people? Isn't that incredible how 
we can feel lonely and there's people all around you. There's people talking to you. You have friends. It's not that you're without friendships. It's not that you're without people around you, but you can feel lonely on the inside. And, and there's this like weird feeling that's, that's going on. And I remember when I first moved to Australia, being in YWAM, I'm in community. I'm constantly surrounding with people. Um, and there's people that I really love. Like th there's people all around me, roommates that I had, and we were always chatting. There was no reason for me to actually feel alone logically. When I broke it down, it, it didn't seem like I should be lonely at all. But there was a teaching of the Lord in the midst of that as all of my understanding, all of the wisdom that I was gathering, all of the, the things that I was filling my life with were the people around me. And it was the wisdom of God for me in that situation to not allow me to get fulfillment in man. And it drove me into a place where I now needed to lean into God a little bit more and begin to trust Jesus that this hole in my heart, this, this thing that needed filling in my life could only be filled by the Spirit of God. It was only Jesus that could fill that. It's the wisdom of God. It's what a good father does. I was just speaking with someone the other day, uh, my youngest Verity, Sheree homeschooled for two years, and we had to send them off to school. We felt it was time for the girls to go back to a public school system, and it was Verity's first time, and we had many prayer moments. We're like, Jesus, Jesus, please, please help. Help our young one because we're putting her into a situation that we cannot control. We can't control that. We have no say in what kids do to my daughter being there. All of her insecurities were rising. The fears of, I need to make friends. I don't know how to make friends. The fear of all these things were there, right? But as we prayed and we sought the Lord and the wisdom of Jesus, it was like, what is the greatest thing that a father can do for his child? believe in them, and put them out there. And it was hard to watch my daughter every morning for two weeks, literally just weeping at the table. Like, body, body, you know, it was, it was the most insane thing. And I remember Shree going, oh, are we doing the right thing? And I'm like, darling, we are doing the right thing because we are setting our daughter up for success. We're setting her up for success. We're driving her into prayer every night. There was that moment, I don't want to go to school. Let's just pray and ask God to help you and bring you friends. And you know what happened? God brought her friends. Her teacher said just the other week, I am so impressed with Verity. She gets gold stars all the time. I'm not even sure what those gold stars mean, but it's cool. She comes up with gold stars and it's awesome, right? But isn't it interesting that sometimes the Father does hard things for us so that we'll drive ourselves into Him because the answer is nowhere but Him. It's the wisdom of the Lord. So their eyes were constrained. They could not see. I wonder if Jesus seen something in their hearts that maybe they couldn't even verbalize yet. Maybe they didn't even have articulation in their minds as to, I don't even know what exactly I believe or don't believe about what just happened. But Jesus seen all of that stuff 
And he's going, I'm going to restrain your eyes because it's better for you to be restrained right now because I'm going to sow something into you and it's going to open up something brand new. And we have to embrace the work of the Lord. Sometimes it is a work of the kingdom in our lives when we're feeling unsettled in our hearts. Sometimes it's not that there's a great work of the devil, but there's an embracing that we need to have of Jesus and saying, God, what are you doing? Why am I feeling lonely right now? Why am I feeling on edge right now? Let it drive you into prayer. Let it drive you into worship, into a place where we can actually get answers from God. None of us are exempt. I've been a Christian for 18 years now, and I'm still going through these same roads over and over and over but there's different levels of training that god has taken us into new levels of faith that he's wanting to drive us into so that we don't run around the same mountains but are understanding the depth of our revelation of who jesus is it just gets solidified and deeply rooted so that we can begin to prophesy and know and believe even when we don't see anything in a week a month two months we know and we can believe. Does that make sense? Verse 21, we are hoping that he would restore and redeem Israel. So it looks a little bit different than it actually happened. You know, like, I mean, we know that Jesus came to redeem not just Israel, but mankind, right? So Jesus had a much greater picture than the Israelites themselves. They thought Jesus was going to come as some formidable king and redeem them from Rome and, you know, conquer, and here we are, our, our great king. But he, he came very different. And sometimes our Christianity can look a little bit different too. Hey, some days we don't feel or see the, the goodness of God. Sometimes we don't feel happy. Sometimes we don't feel like everything in my life is going maybe in the way that I would like it to go, the way that we see it in the Bible. You know, we, we quote scriptures and we, we know it's good, but sometimes life just doesn't look that way. But what if, what if life wasn't supposed to look exactly the way that we think it should look? What if there's a different lens and a different filter that Jesus wants to give us and not remove problems from our life, but cause us to be answers for all those problems. I firmly believe that us as Christians, we have the answer to every problem on the planet. I'm passionate about missions and calling, and I believe there's way more people called to the mission field than right now are in the mission field. And I'm not just talking third world nations. I'm talking seven spheres of society missional mindset we have answers from god we have the kingdom of god living on the inside of us we are answers for the problems out there because jesus is alive and instead of praying for all of our problems to disappear asking god for us to be an answer to that god how do i how do i get that filter how do I get that lens? How do I get that understanding that I can actually be an answer to a problem? Because sometimes that's a journey in itself. Just in going, man, I am overwhelmed with the issues of life. I'm overwhelmed with the things that aren't going right in my life. So how do I get that filter? 
And my encouragement is stay connected to Jesus. It's not a profound answer, but it's the one that helps us get through it. Stay connected, praying, and just the most important thing that I, I say to all the young people, I work with a lot of young people, young adults, and I say the most important thing that I want to encourage you in is let your heart stay connected. Don't let it be just about what you say all the time or what you do all the time. Let your heart be connected to Jesus and a, and a deep awareness that God is with me. When I'm aware that God is with me, it begins to change things. And it becomes so naturally supernatural where you start doing things, you're like, whoa, you're just walking in the wisdom of God. It begins to change because you are engaging with him in a different way. You're understanding that this is possible. It's not just for a Bible study or a Sunday morning sermon or a worship time, but it's every day. The road to Emmaus, every day, Jesus walks alongside of us every single day. And it might look a little bit different, but man, if we can embrace Jesus and we can invite, invite God to give some clarity, I wonder how that would change our perspective. Because that's the reality is we, we just need a renewing of the mind. And that's not condemnation. Let that be encouragement. Renewing of the mind, staying connected to Jesus. Verse 22 to 24, this is the testimony of Christ. Risen, and they're astonished. But it didn't change them. It's an interesting thing, and I can identify with many of these things, and I honestly, I, I have this in my prayer life. Lord, never let me be inoculated by the gospel. Never let me get so vaccinated that the gospel has no more effect because I've been vaccinated by it. I've heard it all, I've seen it all, and I've, I've heard the cool stories, and I've heard all, but they don't impact me. They don't take me over. They don't rule and reign in my body anymore, in my mind, in my spirit. And it's an important thing. These guys heard, they were astonished, like, oh my gosh, Jesus, Jesus, he's no longer there, that is crazy. How does that change your life? How does the miracle of Christ change your life? The testimonies that we can hear, you know, it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? And that we love our life not until the end. So we surrender our lives. We overcome by what Jesus has done, right? But then there's the word of our testimony, all the stories of Christ in our midst that should encourage us, should continue to help us overcome. But sometimes we hear these great stories and we hear them so often that it just, it's another story. It, it's another thing. It's another story for somebody else, but it's not my story. So where's my breakthrough? I, and it's this weird thing. And if you're anything like me, you know, that kind of stuff is, is real. It's actually real where I'm like, I've just heard something really crazy. Some person just got risen from the dead. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. And I'm like, a person just got risen from the dead. The power of God. Like Christ in our midst, the spirit of the living God that created all that we see, rose somebody from the dead, no life in their body. They rose from the dead. And it's just another story. Does that make sense? 
wow, we can, we can actually let those stories and the testimonies that we're hearing one to another and let them have greater impact. We just need to pray. Say, God, would you give me a soft heart? Would you help me to stay really, really soft to what you're doing? I never just want to hear a story and, you know, let it just be another story. I want it to actually, like, I want to receive. I want to receive what I need to receive from that story. So that I'm not just a vaccinated Christian that's heard it all, right? And then verse 25 to 27 And Jesus does this a lot, right? He actually rebukes them for their unbelief. He says, oh, you foolish ones. And you know what? That that would have been me. I'm, I'm, I'm positive that would have been me. You know, I pray that it's not me, and I keep growing in that. But, oh, foolish ones, man, believe. Like, why don't you just believe? What is, what is difficult here? Like, why can't we just believe? Why can't we just believe what the Word of God says? Why can't we just believe that the power of God is actually enough for every circumstance that we go through? Why, why can't we just believe that the calling, of my, calling on my life is worth something? That the calling on my life is to change people's lives, to change worlds around the people that I'm in touch with. Why can't I just believe that? And I can't remember the exact um, reference. I want to say it's in Luke 11, um, where Jesus actually speaks to the disciples when they cannot heal a boy. And the the father brings brings the boy to Jesus, and he says, what what happened? And they said, Lord, we actually brought the boy to the disciples, but they could not heal him. And he said, well, bring him here, and he healed him, right? And then he speaks to the disciples, and he says, why did you not believe? And the disciples later on asked him, Lord, like, what, why could we not? Why could we not heal that boy? And the context was all doubt and unbelief. This only comes up by prayer and fasting. And the context was doubt and unbelief. Which is an interesting thing. It's so easy to stay there, but as disciples, as we mature in God, as we're growing in God, right? And hopefully that's the desire for every one of us, that we grow in God, right? That our gift would shine, the fear of man would not stop me from praying aloud, from prophesying, from declaring. Because your voice matters. Your call matters. Everything matters in the kingdom of God. But we need to believe that. We need to believe that it goes beyond the walls of the four church, right? That in my workspace, when I come into church, my voice matters. Do I have a prayer in my heart? Declare it, prophesy it, you know, pray that thing out with all of your might, right? Like, all of this stuff matters. But sometimes there's a space where we need to actually go, man, what, where am I, where am I aligning myself subconsciously with the lie what are the things that are holding me back why am i giving those things that are holding me back more power than the spirit of god in my life and repentance is the answer friends repentance it's the answer it's actually god's gift to every one of us to be free it's actually for freedom 
It's not to point out and say, you're a bad person because you need to repent. Repentance is simply saying, I, I no longer, I no longer will live by that lie. I refuse to live by that thing anymore. I eject that, I deposit truth, and I'm walking in the opposite direction. I'm changing my mind. That's all repentance is. And I thought as a practical application, we could actually maybe just spend a couple minutes doing this. And just to give a little bit of, I've done this a lot in my own personal life, and I've done this with the ministry of Y Women, so I'm quite used to doing this. Maybe some of you guys aren't, but I just want to give a little bit of, um, I guess, direction in how you can. If you know how to do it already, glory to God, right? But a bit of direction is simply just talking to Jesus, saying, Jesus, would you forgive me? of the lie of fear of man that I've aligned myself with. I want to mature. I want to I move forward. I want to move forward. I reject that lie in the name of Jesus, and I pick up truth. I fear God instead of fearing man. And we just, we actually just begin to let go of these things. And sometimes this is a weekly thing because we pick it back up again. And we need to just let, don't beat yourself up. We just repent again. That's the good thing about God is that he forgives us again and he's all into you being free. And so we're just going to take two minutes. Just wait on God. Let Holy Spirit remind you of some things and let's just repent of those things. That Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for those things. I want to surrender it to you. I thank you for truth. Is that cool? All right, let's do that now. And Jesus, we thank you for forgiveness. Forgiveness. So we just declare freedom. We thank you for truth, ruling and reigning in our hearts and minds. Truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Their hearts burned within them as he was with them. As he broke the bread, their eyes were opened. They were restrained from seeing him for a time. When they walked on the road and Jesus was with them, their eyes were restrained. And they shared all of their grief. And then he opened the scriptures to them and said, man, it needed to happen this way. They invited him in. They said, man, why don't you stay with us? You've become a bit of a friend. We kind of like you. He invited them in. Sorry, they invited him in. They sat down, they broke bread, their eyes were opened. Then their eyes were opened. As they invited him in and they broke bread, intimacy. All of a sudden, everything makes sense. It begins to make sense. Wow. And what's their response? Didn't our hearts within us burn as they opened up the scriptures? But in the moment, they didn't even know that was Jesus. It was an intimacy, knowing God, that everything here. Our hearts burned within us as he spoke with us, as he spent time with us. Our hearts burned within us. It's an amazing thing that happens with the encounter of God. So we encounter God. We invite him in. And it's a personal thing, not just a corporate we invite him into our personal lives. Say, Jesus, have your way. 
Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Let me always remain a student of the Lord. I will not give up. I will remain. I will stay in communion with Holy Spirit. So their hearts burned within them. And then verse 33 to 35, what happens? Evangelism. <laughs> they just can't keep it within them. They're like, oh my gosh, man. Let's go tell the disciples, man. Jesus met us on the road. He is risen. He is risen. They're like, yeah, dude. We told you that way back there. And they're like, yeah, 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 but he's risen. He's risen. He's alive. He was with us. They're like, bro, we told you that back at the old den where he was, man. He's no longer there. Remember I told you? Remember I told you? Remember? It doesn't all of a sudden become truth now. It was truth then, but now the encounter of God has revealed something deeper and more meaningful for the individual. Evangelism. All of a sudden, that encounter turned into this incredibly powerful space where it's like, God is real. Oh my gosh, man. He was with us. He was opening up the scriptures and blah, 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 blah. You know, and they're doing their thing. And people are encouraged by the testimony that they bring. And this is our road to Emmaus, friends. I start out with saying that none of us are exempt from this road. And I, and I hope that we, we continue to grow in the layers of this. Because there's more that he wants to reveal to us. There's more that he wants to share with us. There's more that, that we can be to the world around us as well. And it's not power trip evangelism. It's actually letting the encounter of God in your life, the intimacy that you carry with God, not giving up, persevering, patience, seeing breakthrough, encountering breakthrough, and sharing it with the people around you. Because God is real. He's real. And he has a real story that he's writing for every one of us. But remember, we have to actually submit that the story that he's writing is his story. It's not the story that I want him to write for me. It's his story. We have to embrace the story that he's writing on our lives, and we have to align ourselves with that story and not just get discouraged by the story that we're making up that he's not writing. Does that make sense? Would you be able to just lead us in maybe three, four minutes of just some whatever you do, man? Whatever you do. I, I wanted to give us an opportunity right at the end here. I know we're a few minutes over, but I wanted to give us an opportunity just to respond in whatever way you need to to God. And, um, and if you need prayer from somebody, ask somebody for prayer. You know, um, I, I think this is the really neat thing about family, about us actually coming together. And let's, let's actually pray for one another if you need prayer. You know, if you just want to come to the front and just kneel and respond to God in whatever way you need to, I want to encourage that as well. But Jesus is doing a good work. He's doing a really good work. And I think the encouragement is for us just to keep going, man. To keep going. Let's respond. Let's respond to God. Let's stay connected to him. So I'm going to let our brother over here do his thing. If you want to come to the front and respond, if you want prayer, just ask for it. Be bold and be very courageous. Ask for it. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for 
the deposit that you've put in each and every one of our hearts this morning, God, it's maybe different for each and every one of us, but I, I thank you that you see us all. You see every one of us. You see every one of our journeys. And this morning, we just want to give up. We want to give up, God. We want to just lay it all down again and say that we're hungry and we're very thirsty for the things of God. Thank you, Jesus.